You are listening to a message from Thrive Community Church, a church located in Southwest Florida. For more info, visit us at thrive-fl.org. So I'm excited we're launching it and we're going to be doing, um, going through basically cultural myths that we in the West, in America specifically, have developed. Things that we believe that God has said, but he never said. He never said it. It's not anywhere in the scriptures. And it can also bring about some distortions in our lives if we believe that that's the case. So here I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. So uh, next week we're going to be looking at the one uh, saying that might be the most popular. Everybody thinks it's in the Bible. They actually think it's in the Bible, but it's not. And that is that God will never give you more than you can handle. Have you heard that one a few times? Yeah. God never said that. <laughs> never said that. Okay. Week three, we're going to probably do one of the more um, important ones of this whole series as well. And that's where um, people will say, and you probably heard it, and they think God's really about this, that it doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't hurt anybody. Ever hear somebody talk that way? I'm sorry. Uh, God never said that either. And then the fourth week, maybe even the most important of all, and that is where we're going to hear that phrase. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. God never said that either. Today's probably the most popular, as you saw that video before. It's the one that people basically have as the default. That is that God just wants you to be happy. Okay? God just wants you to be happy. Now, happiness is in the Bible. There's a lot of passages that talk about this. There's a lot of things that are going on. But before we get into this, I want to read um, Scripture uh, lesson, Psalm 37, and then I'll have a prayer, okay? Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade away like grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. He will bring out your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Let's pray. Lord God, this day we want to hear your truth and your word, even if it kind of goes against the grain of what we'd like. Give us ears that are open to what you really have to say to us and what more you want than simply our happiness. We pray, Lord God, that you'd fill this hour this time that we are together with your personal presence, that you would really make a difference in our lives. We thank you for the many churches in our community, Lord, that are serving you and following you, gospel-centered churches all throughout this area. There is only one church, Lord, your people in many different expressions here in Estero and Fort Myers, Bonita Springs, this whole area. We thank you, Lord, there's one universal church throughout this world and that we're just a part of that. So bless them, Lord. Bless them and have us all grow closer to you. May your kingdom come and your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we're going to talk about this, right? God only wants you to be happy, and whenever you're happy, God's happy, right? And he only wants good things to happen in your life, and that's what it's all about. Now, I can even quote scripture for this and find a passage, and I want you to read it along with me, okay? This is from Psalm 97, verse 12. May all who are godly, can you say it with me? May all who are godly be, guess what? What's the next word? Can you, yes, so let's say it all. All who are godly be happy. It's time to dance. Come on, you can do it. 
want to make sure you're happy in church. All right, well, yeah. Um, yeah, I know that's pretty scary, isn't it? But it got you to laugh. Yeah, it did. Don't worry, be happy. That's all we want. So this is one of the big cultural mistakes, I think, that we make in the West, that, that we believe that God just wants us to be happy, and then all of a sudden, all sorts of other things come along, okay? We kind of start going down this rabbit hole of misbeliefs when we start out with, all God really wants me to be is happy. And I'm going to kind of show you what this theology of happiness can lead to, okay? So the first thing that happens is, if God just wants me to be happy, then whatever makes me happy must be right, and whatever makes me unhappy must be wrong. I think Sheryl Crow sang a song that said that, if it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. Okay? Well, number two, once you start down that path of anything that makes me happy must be God's will, and anything that makes me unhappy is not God's will, and that's wrong, and this is right, then the next phrase is the fact that we start to uh, begin to see that discomfort, delay, risk, suffering, anything that just gets in the way of my happiness cannot be God's will. It just can't, especially if it lasts for more than a day. It just cannot be God's will. He, so I guess if that's the case, boy, man, there are a lot of people that are going to be unhappy tonight. <laughs> Doesn't really matter who wins, right? Half of the... I'm thinking half and half. Is it a 50-50 split here? No. Who's, who? Not that many people like... I, we're not trying to pick on Patriots fans here, okay? I'm not going to do that. But somebody's not going to be happy. Does it go just by majority then? If 70% of America wants to see Atlanta win, then that's going to happen? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know how that works. But you can see, you start to go down this path, and then anything that makes me unhappy is not God's will. I, discomfort, anything that's difficult, then all of a sudden this can't be God's will. And then finally, we start to worship the false gods of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. All of a sudden, that's really the center of our being. That's really what's going on. You know, um, that's what's happening. It, all of a sudden... That becomes the center of my universe, and God starts orbiting around my pleasure and goodness. And God is only here, the creator of the universe, the one who has made all things, the Holy One himself becomes just a cosmic Coke machine. You just put your money in, you press the button, you get what you want, because that's what he's here. Or maybe let's update it a little. He is the almighty Alexa who is able to give me whatever I want. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened with one day shipping. There it is. I just get it immediately because I've asked. And we turn this almost into a formula where it is our Alexa who art in heaven. And all of a sudden, because I prayed the prayer, I've given my money, I've spent time at church, I um, helped and did some good things in life, I didn't do some bad things I could have done, I helped an old lady across the street, you know, when I was driving down the road, I dodged my neighbor's dog so I didn't run over it, you know, therefore I should get whatever I need, oh Alexa, oh God, give it to me now, give it to me my way, give it to me the way I need it. Isn't that amazing? Here's the tragedy of it, though. 
You can try doing that, and you might be able to do that for a while, for a little bit, but you'll end up not being happy at some point. Nobody's happy all the time. And in fact, there are many people who have walked away from the faith, walked away from church because of this kind of thinking. You know, you've probably heard people say, well, I tried church, and it just didn't make me any happier. You know, I did the God thing. I even went to a home huddle. I started reading my Bible, and boy, my cancer is still here. My kids are still rebellious, and I'm not any better off financially, so what good is it? And they walk away. And they walk away over a misbelief of something God had never said in the first place. It can lead you to a dangerous place. Now, I know, right at this point in time, it almost sounds like I'm saying, hey, God doesn't want you to be happy. (laughs) If you're happy, something's wrong. We're not going and flipping this over. But God has something much more valuable to give you than simply happiness, which is so ephemeral, which is just here and there, gone one day, here the next. Hey, do you realize, do you even know what makes you happy? Really? Um, My wife talked about this book a few years ago she read called Stumbling on Happiness, and that kind of, you think you know what makes you happy is kind of the line in it. What What Daniel Gilbert did is he researched the whole idea of happiness. He polled people. He saw whether they were happy or not. They did experimentation on if you got this, were you happier, if you didn't, et cetera. You know what they found out? We are terrible predictors of our happiness. We think we know what we're going to get And what's going to make us happy, we get it, and then we're no happier than anything else. It's not a predictor. We have no clue as to what really makes us happy. And we also think, oh, this is going to be terrible. If this happens, there's no way I could ever be happy. It happens, and we find out it's not that bad, and in the end, we still are somewhat happy. It's just amazing. And so the title of the book, we really stumble into happiness. It's more of a byproduct. It is not the thing that you pursue. In fact, you just don't even know what makes you happy. But I'm not trying to say stop pursuing happiness as your goal simply because logically it doesn't make sense. What we are seeing is that God has much more for you than happiness. You were made for such much more than a momentary pleasure or success in life. So Jesus said, in the midst of his temptations in the wilderness, when I'd say I wouldn't be happy, he said this, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He even puts behind Basic sustenance, he puts the primal thing that we need. The one thing more important than food itself is a relationship with God and everything he says about us. Jesus himself, when he came to this world, he explained what his mission and ministry were. And it wasn't simply to just find happiness or shower happiness upon people, though I'm sure he filled them with joy many times he was around, and he celebrated, and he partied, and he had a great time with people. But he says this in John chapter 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So the thief, there's a lot of things that can rob you. There's a lot of 
people that can rob you. And in this passage, he's not, I think, only thinking of, believe it or not, the devil himself, who is the thief, but he's also thinking of the thieves called religion and the Pharisees and the way they handle things and all sorts of things in life. But here's the key that I think in this passage that I see as well is the fact that when I pre- happiness itself can be used by nefarious from whomever to distract you from what you really need in life, what would actually be the abundant life that God has for you. When you start pursuing happiness as your goal, it actually can rob you of the fullness of life that Jesus is talking about. And that fullness, he says, he is here to give us abundant life. He didn't do it by just showering us with trinkets. He didn't do it by just giving us pep talk or coaching tips. He didn't do it by just cracking some jokes. He gave abundant life. In John 10, it says, greater love has no one than this, than he laid down his life. And I am the good shepherd who lays down my life for the sheep. He lays down his life. He dies so we live. He pours himself out so we are filled. He goes through hell so we receive heaven. I don't think he was filled with a lot of happiness while he was doing that, and yet it's exactly what God wanted. Hebrews chapter 12 says it this way, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Notice the word here is not happiness. It's joy. Going to talk a little more about that. Happiness is happenstance. It's circumstantial. It's up, it's down, it's here, it's there, it's flighty. If you try to grab onto happiness, it's like sand in your hand. It just falls between it. Joy is eternal, and joy comes as a result of being in a relationship with God. And Jesus' joy that was before him was not the cross itself, but the results of that cross, which is you. That he would have a relationship with you that you would know that you are loved and accepted and forgiven and empowered and blessed no matter the circumstances. That's why Psalm 37, which we read at the beginning, says it this way, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So God has much more than happiness. As we delight in him, we get him. And when we have him, everything starts to fall into line. And he gives us the desire of our hearts, which is him, more of him, a relationship with him, confidence in him, satisfaction in him, peace in him, purpose beyond all. God wants us to not pursue happiness, but to pursue him. And as we pursue him, we're pursuing the purpose of our life, what we were made for, why we were redeemed, and all of a sudden, everything else starts to fall into line. Okay, I'm going to tell you two, re- two times that God doesn't want you to be happy. I know, a little downer again, but we're going to talk about that just so you get a clarity. It's not that God doesn't want to fill you with joy. He delights in his children, just like a father or a mother is excited about kids when they're happy and, a- and get a gift or whatever. He delights in us when we are happy so long as. 
So there are two occasions he's not real happy, just like I think parents. There are some things that you wouldn't want your kid to be happy about. I got an A on this test because I cheated. (laughs) Do you understand? You know, I have a feeling you'd not be real happy with that result, but I'm happy. It doesn't work, does it? It's kind of like us. We're kids with wrinkles, you know? But um, we're still kids, and God looks at us, and he doesn't want us always happy so long as. And here's the first one. If you're taking notes, God doesn't want you happy when it causes you to do something completely selfish, wrong, or unwise. I'll give you an example, okay? You want to eat cake. Not a piece of cake. Cake. Because it's going to make you happy. I'm going to eat the whole cake. And it sounds great, but boy, it's not necessarily the wisest thing to do, right? Can you imagine? Or how about this? You hate your job. And it is drudgery, and it's terrible. you got three kids, though, and you, you got a mortgage. you got all this stuff to take care of. But boy, it would make you so happy to walk into your boss's office and just say, take this job, and bleep, 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 and I'm happy. And I'd look at you and go like, oh, I don't know if that's what God wanted you to do because you've got kids to feed. You've got all this stuff. You've got obligation. Could you at least have waited to find another job? Do you know what I mean? So God doesn't want you to be happy just because you told your boss off and you don't have, you're unemployed now, okay? Uh, maybe a little more personal. It kind of goes on, you know? So my spouse is not meeting my, my needs, and I'm a man, and I got man needs, So I'm going to look at this stuff because it helps me meet my needs. You know what I mean? God doesn't want you to be happy. And now most Christians, I know this gets really, I'm sticking my finger into it, but this is the point, you know? It might not be smelling great that I'm, or stepping my foot into this, but Christians, I think, really understand that in the covenant of marriage, God has given us this gift of lovemaking, which is so wonderful and genuine and just great stuff. And it's one of God's great gifts a, in the covenant of marriage, in a trusting relationship. We have this, but, you know, there are a lot of people still, I know that, but you know what? I've got these man needs like I talked about, and I just am not getting them met, and, you know... We're in love, at least for tonight, so hey, it meets my happiness. And it's amazing how messed up we can get things and how broken our relationships can get and how the momentary happiness turns into the difficulties and struggles and, you know, guilt and shame and just brokenness around us. Proverbs says it this way, there is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. Even in laughter, the heart may ache and the end of joy may be grief. So I can easily deceive myself. I can predict what will make me, hey, this is going to make me happy. Yeah, I know it's not quite the right, hey, but it feels good. So I'm going to do it. And then I end up with heartache in the end because I've broken relationships, I've messed up my life, I've gotten myself into a sticky situation, and it has just all fallen apart around me. And the end of my joy for the moment could be grief. So God doesn't want us to be simply happy when we choose to do things that are unwise, selfish, and wrong. He also, number two, if you're taking notes, this is the other one. He doesn't want you to be happy when it's only based on things of this world. It's amazing. Um, 
it's stunning what advertiser will say you need to be happy. Just watch those Super Bowl commercials today, the ones that are telling you what will make you happy. We've kind of joked in our family about this. Um, you've got QVC and you've got Home Shopping Network, HSN, but we want to come up with one called JYN, Junk You Need, because <laughs> that's basically what's behind all of this. Here's the JYN Network. If you've got this junk, then you're going to be happy, you know? Right? If you've got the new, improved, the special, the more important, the da 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 da. If you've got this, you've got that, you got this gadget, that gadget. Hey, if you drink this beer, the girls just flock to you. <laughs> and if you remodel your house, your relationships are all of a sudden better. It's just amazing how this works, doesn't it? All of a sudden, all this stuff is supposed to change everything, and it promises stuff it can't deliver, and it's just based on the ephemeral. And but boy, we just don't learn. I'm just amazed at how many times I can fall for that. Hey, if I just get this, then I will be, you know, predicting my happiness. And if that didn't work, I'll trade it in and get something shinier or newer or bigger or faster or better. I'll spritz it on. I'll spray it on. I'll dab it. I'll wear it. I'll do, you know, I'll, I'll, you, you, and we keep going in this circle. It's like a squirrel on that, you know, little K, uh, that little round thing. And he just keeps treadmill. It's the next thing. It's the next thing. It's the next thing. Boy, the advertisers love that. J-Y-N. Junk you need. Just think about that in the Super Bowl today. You might get a laugh over that. <laughs> These things are all based on circumstances, and circumstances change. It doesn't really get us anywhere. Well, James, or 1 John chapter 2, says it this way. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires, they pass away. They're gone. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. So God is not happy when we're pursuing happiness if it's just based on stuff in this world that is temporary at best. And at worst, it can become a total distraction for the deeper purposes that God made you in the first place. One of my favorite parables of Jesus, I mean, well, I'm not like picking, you know, favorites in the sense of what Jesus said, okay? But one of my favorites is uh, the parable of the sower and the seed, and he throws it out, and it goes on the path and on the rocky soil and the soil with weeds and thorns in it and on the good soil, right? And Jesus explains this parable, and this is what has always amazed me. The third, the parable where the the seed falls on the soil with weeds in it. It grows up. It's there. But this is how Jesus explains what's going on in that. He says, But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. So happiness, when it's my goal to get this stuff and all these things that are temporary, can get it. they're good, but they're not the best. And I can waste so much of my time doing things that are okay, but not great. And I can look for comfort rather than the deep and abiding purposes God has for me. And my life becomes fruitless, unfruitful, a waste of time. Nothing wrong, but not nothing, anything right. Psalm 
37 again. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. If you really want to be happy, don't pursue happiness. If you really want to be happy, pursue purpose, mission, God's call in your life. And happiness comes along afterwards. It becomes your companion. It becomes the one uh, thing that as the byproduct of what I'm actually doing and serving God. If you really want to be happy, do something in your life that matters to other people. Serve other people significantly. Give of yourself sacrificially. Be about the kingdom. Seek his kingdom and will first. Pursue him and his will for your life. And all these other things fall into place. C.S. Lewis put it very profoundly and simply. He said, if you aim at heaven, you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you get neither. That could have been the summary of the whole sermon. I could have stopped there and we've been fine, right? I'm going to finish with a story uh, from Max Licato. I'm kind of making it my own. So, um, If you took a fish out of the water and threw it on the beach, you know, right? Fish on the beach. Are you going to be happy? Is the fish happy? No. Now, if you throw, put $100,000, give $100,000 to that fish on the beach, is it going to be happy? Let's say a lounge chair, a Corona with a lime in it, and maybe even a Playfish magazine. <laughs> Look at those fins, right? Is a fish going to be happy? No. Why? The fish was made for the ocean, not for the beach. You were not made for the temporary things of this world that fade away. You were made for the eternal purposes of God and an eternal relationship with God. You will not be happy if all you're pursuing are things that fade away. uh, St. Augustine said, Our hearts are restless until we find our rest in Thee. You have a Christ-sized, a God-sized hole in your life that will not be filled with a new house, a new car, a new girlfriend, a new boyfriend, a new anything, except a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's just the way it is. And you've probably been there. You've probably tried it all. And you know it just doesn't work. Nothing's going to do that until you have that relationship. Now, I started out by saying God wants you to be happy. And I even quoted a Bible passage, Psalm 97, verse 12. I didn't quite quote the whole thing. It says, actually, may all who are godly be happy in the Lord. That's the source of your happiness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your truth sets us free from these cultural myths that bring bondage in our hearts. We pray, God, you would do a work in your people, that we would find joy in you, and that we would become a blessing to this world as we pursue your purposes for our life, your mission, your deeper calling that's much more beyond happiness. And Lord, as we are here, I just am asking everybody simply to, if you're here right now and you're praying with me, I just want to ask you this question. How many of you would truly be filled with, that you'd want to be filled with more joy than you could possibly ever imagine? Joy, not happiness. If you just raise your hand, if you want that joy, that's what you really want in life. Okay? 
Father, I pray that, you would not, that we wouldn't pursue happiness but your joy. And that pursuing you, the byproduct would be being joyful in your presence. That you'd intimately fill us with your joy. That, you would, that we would become joyful because of our relationship to you and the deep purposes you've made for us. And I pray right now that you would be with us all, Lord, in that way. And I pray for those right now, Lord, that have been pursuing everything else. That we've known, we've been just, I've done it many times myself, Lord. We have pursued everything else to try to fill that void instead of you. Lord, forgive us for that. We've tried the different jobs, we've tried the different relationships, we've tried the move to a new city, we've tried everything, Lord, but we need you. And Lord, we're ready to receive you fully. We're not looking for a perfect life, but we're looking for the perfect love from you. Fill us, Lord, right now. Forgive me, Lord, of my sins. Make me a brand new person who is surrendered totally to you. Fill me with your spirit so that I do follow you and I pursue you above all else and everything else falls in line. Lord, my life is not my own, it's yours. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray, amen.